guess you've been under a lot of pressure lately. But when you talk to me like that, I think you mean it. And it hurts me. And something is happening lately. And I, I feel like I don't know you anymore. And it scares me, Doug. You know, you go along day after day, and you tell yourself that your problems aren't serious. They're normal. You know, they, they, they happen to everyone. Or, or you hope that they'll just go away by themselves, but they don't. It's like this house. You always said you would fix it up. No matter what it was, I'll fix it, you said. But nothing ever gets fixed. Doug, I need to know what you're feeling. I need to know if you still love me. Doug, please, just tell me what you want. I want pizza. What? I want pizza. Give me some pizza. <laughs> Give me some pizza. It he still says. gets me. It still gets me. Michael Keaton's had an interesting career. Oh my God. So weird. And <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, I just I mean, love him. You, you can imagine today it would be even more so, but you can imagine why there was such a shock when he was cast as Batman. Oh, uh, yeah. Was like, Wait, what? <laughs> like, Which. <laughs> Is, is so is so, it's still so bizarre because only now do we have that comparison to like every other Batman. For Before sure. that, we For didn't. Sure. Re- what are you comp- Adam West? You're comparing right. him to right. But uh, <laughs> compared to every other Batman, he's the least Batman. <laughs> I, I, at the yeah, same time, definitely, he's like my favorite Batman. I he's amazing. I love those. Yeah, so but much. that is the exception that makes the rule right because right. even after that, it's like I wouldn't trust Tim Burton to cast any other iconic. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, hey, man, you swung for the fences and it worked out, but that doesn't mean you were right. It just worked out. Like Exactly. His, his Nick Cage Superman, I, I really feel like would have just been batshit insane. Yeah. Um, so, uh, absolutely. Anyway. Well, that clip was from Multiplicity, one of our favorite comedies. And uh, and a hidden gem. And, well, absolutely a hidden gem. And uh, such a delightful movie <laughs> that uh, I, I don't think enough people really appreciate. But uh yeah, that kind of movie they, actually makes me think about if you, whatever we're in, a, we watch it. Movies are a disposable medium, right? Sorry yeah. for all my stuttering. And um, and if you're not like a a big movie fan, you know, you see the stuff like that in your era, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. I mean, we all see the classics from all the other eras, but I think that's part of my obsession with seeing stuff from other eras. Is I always feel like there are a bunch of these movies that are more me anyway that I yeah. enjoy more than like the all time classics, but. The only ones that are going to really live on are going to be the Parasites and yep. the 1917s and, you know yep. what I mean, from this year. Honestly, like in 20 years. Purely by virtue of, of critic, critical, you know, success or not even success, but like whatever critics said at the time dictates it. And then whoever won right. the Oscars dictates it. For sure. And though, if you get rid of those two things, yeah, like you say, there's just a bunch of uh, unique movies that. Uh, right. critics didn't like at the time that are probably outstanding but uh yeah and gen- mean, genre movies and i think comedies particularly get lost in that because yeah, absolutely i mean granted there are series that people are fans of like people will remember like the harry potter series you know what i mean or something like right. that, or star wars because those are so iconic but 
outside of that, man, there's just a ton that uh, that just yeah. uh, kind of go away. Multiplicity also has Andy McDowell, and that's that's great. She's a goddamn yeah. angel, and I she, love her. She's <laughs> fantastic. She's fantastic. I I never liked her more. This is not the best movie she did, but I never no, sure. liked her yeah. more than the movie uh, Michael. Oh, sure. Michael it's been Jennifer a long Holder. time since I've seen it. Yeah, but she's sure. just so. Uh, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but she's just so adorable <laughs> and like, you she's know, the cute. Best. and like she, you need someone who like can kind of breathe life into the cynical character. You know what I mean? Like right. the whole thing of Michael, the miracle he's going to pull is putting these two people together and yeah, you need some, it's just like groundhog day, right? Yep. You need someone who kind of has a light to balance out Bill Murray. She's, she's kind of like that in darkness. everything though. She's just so, so uh, she's, yeah, she's the angel in every movie. For sure. I love it. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, anyway. that's multiplicity. Cool. Um, <laughs> welcome we, back, everybody. We we are uh, we are hanging out in our homes, and uh, I've I've been watching a, a good amount. I feel like this week I have more stuff that I've seen that I not just stuff that I've seen, but stuff that I actually want to talk about. Um, right on, and uh, lots of news, lots of not lots, but I have a few trailers and upcoming movies that are very cool that I'm oh, excited that's to talk about. Um, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, let's get into it. What have you been watching? Well, we watched, uh, just real quickly, we watched evolution together. That we was did. our most recent check commentary. Out our commentary. So yeah, check track. out that commentary episode. <laughs> if you really Christ. want to watch a movie that was forgotten <laughs> and, uh, yes. <laughs> and is, uh, it has its moments. I'm going to say it has its moments. Of course, J- but um, just moments. <laughs> yeah. But, ju- but just as moments. Um, I, uh, actually watched something that was, uh, incredibly dark, Oh, uh, uh, over the last week or two, um, I'm not really. I think it was really good, but I, but I'm not really necessarily recommending it. I feel like it's a kind of a no, that's fair. depressing period right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe steer away from this one right now until you're in the mood for it. But um, have you heard of the movie Nightingale? No, it came out like a year or two ago. It's okay. by the director of I can't remember if it's the director or the writer of Babadook. Oh shit! Um, okay. Should have done a little research. Yeah, that's right. Um, but that one, but that one was more of a hit. But this is probably kind of as brutal and dark as uh, as something I've seen. It's a, it's like a frontier story, and this woman just kind of has everything taken away from her. Right. She's after the people that did it, and you know, when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, revenge flick going out. Okay, we'll watch this. But it's much, it's much less like genre, like Tarantino style, as. Okay, this is brutal. This is you know you're never Oof. gonna really get over this in your life. It's a little, it was a little too <laughs> real. Life is more <laughs> li- more real than I'd uh, anticipated. Um, but yeah, I I checked that out, and um, then I needed to uh, to balance it out. So uh, Jess and I watched uh, Office Space, which she had never seen. <laughs> she had never um, seen um, Office I, Space. I may have mentioned that to you. Yeah, somehow I had never seen it. And you know, being younger, it is funny because we talk. We talked about we yeah, but I I'm the same age this. as her. That's crazy. Come on, for sure. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's still wild. But I also think that uh, you're also like a bigger movie fan. You know what I mean? In general, um, and, Office Space, I think, is like pretty universal. People in it, offices, it, you're not, I'm like, not going to argue. Like everybody, I'm not yeah. going to argue on that. Yeah, I'm going to keep but arguing again, with you. <laughs> movies hit, and then they even like the hits, man, really do like weirdly kind of drift off. I mean, right. I think like like a movie like Ferris Bueller, everybody knows it. I don't know how many people sit down today to watch it. I do think like parents show their kids that, you know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. a comedy they loved. Right. But if you don't have someone around you that watches it, I don't know, like maybe it pops up and you watch it or maybe it doesn't. Um I don't know. I feel that way with like the vacation movies. I always thought the Chevy Chase vacation movies were some of the funniest, stupid movies sure. ever and like Fletch, but I'm not really sure 
who watches those now outside of like my friends who are movie buffs? Yeah, I guess it probably was like maybe 10, 10 or 15 years ago. It was probably in heavy rotation with people, like right. you said, families right. and stuff. And now it just has dwindled off because we're up a generation now, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and uh, that's that's pretty wild. But yes, I mean, did she like it? Did she love it? What? Yeah, yeah, still great. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because you're waiting. You're kind of looking out the corner of your eye, or at least I always do. <laughs> yeah, when I'm course, showing yeah, something yeah. that I really love or I think yeah. is great. And I, I specifically remember not every moment got her the same way. I was like, oh, this is going to get her for sure. Right. But uh, the moment where they go into the field and just destroy sure. the, uh, was it the printer um, uh, yeah. or computer uh, re- really got her. And also she was, uh, <laughs> again, this seems like something you would know, but when Jennifer Aniston popped up, she was like, hey, <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> just didn't expect to see her sure. you know, in this. And I was like, yeah, that was actually one of her earlier movie roles sort right, of in that right back when there used to be a transition from tv to movies, exactly people are like holy shit together. she's in a movie yeah <laughs> right so um, anyway pretty fun that's a great one i might have to revisit i don't know i just feel like i saw it seven million times so it it like it's one of those movies that i love so much that if i watched it i just i, I don't know that i would even be that into it because i would i would just know it so well yeah um, yeah that's true comedy I, suffer from that probably i feel that way about a lot of things if if back to the future wasn't fun kind of visually i wouldn't it's my favorite movie i don't yeah. know that i would be and it's only really the the action and the the interesting concepts that keep you right back you know a, a straight comedy like we're talking about multiplicity or office space or whatever it's like yeah I know it's so well, it's hard to even rewatch it, and I think that's the well, problem. So. Well, if you like, you're like me, uh, your all-time favorites, like your Back to the Future, my Star Wars, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, outside of here in L.A., if we ever get back to this, which I'm sure we will, <laughs> yeah. going to those theaters like a new Bev or something with a crowd of just mm-hmm. fans and re-watching it that's that way, which is awesome. Outside of that, I mean, I can only assume you've seen Back to the Future more times than you've seen anything. I've seen yeah. Star Wars more times than I've ever seen anything. Right. And And – Outside of like maybe a special day, like maybe we sit down on May the 4th and me and just watch one of them, you know, kind of sure. half, half in, half out. But outside of going to those theaters, unless there's like a podcast commentary, you know what I mean? Something that I that makes it new that I want to watch or something yep. like that. You're right. You just you put them on less. You're, you're more reading articles about it and returning to it that way, thinking about it. You yes. know what I mean? At least I am than just sitting down and watching it over and over again and not really getting anything new. At a certain point, I think. Yeah, and that's why I loved uh, the uh, uh, what was it? <laughs> the newcomers podcast. We talked about it, but like yeah. exactly what Can't you're saying, it just that. it it brings you in in such a beautiful way because of people that haven't seen it, and you just get so energized about that. So that's why I For like sure. uh, podcasts and all these types of things. Right now, it's just uh, very very it's good. True, they're um, getting us through. They're getting us through. What have, what have, uh, what have you been watching? So I watched Capone. I mentioned that to you last night. Right, but I watched right. Capone, which we were kind of mentioning a few weeks ago. Uh, it's on VOD now, but. Um, uh, it's not my favorite. It's uh, it's kind of weirdly paced and it's it's pretty slow. I gotta say, it might have just been me, but I had to really. It was like so many sittings that it took me to finish it. You know, uh, twenty minutes yeah, at a time, and it sure. was just like, oh god damn. Um, but it's a Lawrence Bender movie. He produced it. He you know did all of the Tarantino movies. Um, uh-huh. But uh, but the director is very new. You know, he hasn't done much, and I don't. The cast is great. I love everybody in it. It's got uh, Linda Cardellini as the wife, and you got Kyle MacLachlan as the doctor, and you got um, uh, Matt Dillon is in it as a oh, nice. friend of his. Um, just a great, a really interesting cast. But it's rough. Uh, it is 
uh, kind of tough to get through. Um, but you know, right. I, I, at this point, you can't like not recommend stuff because it's like watch everything, guys. You know, <laughs> there's for so sure. much. Now's the time. There's Now's so the time much to just uh, time for 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 some people, not everybody. Bite but, your lip and dig um, it. And yeah. it is a it, it's a little disturbing because it's a man with pretty severe dementia in the last time of his life uh so it's yeah i would say it's disturbing yeah for who sure. had led a violent life like imagine we well, all think about how scary that is anyway and, yeah. I, and i know just from the trailer some yeah. of this is part of it but having that violence those moments yep. in your memory surfacing without you knowing what they are exactly in my opinion is like a form of hell and and and, and you know who are we to judge anybody but um you know, when you hear about Capone and you think about Capone, maybe that was the the ultimate justice more than more than like a, a jail sentence or something. Having right. to live in your own. I, I was hell, mentioning to yeah. you when you brought this up last night how um, I, I'm I'm still such a fan of Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. but it is funny. The more any actor you just see of them and you see of them, you see of them, you you learn all their little tricks, right? All the tales, really. Like mm-hmm. you're playing poker. And how they get places and how they uh, affect the scene with things. And he's still incredible. But I do feel like I, I was starting to get to the point where I was like, okay, well, I know I know what he does. You know what I mean? Like I've And he's still doing it well. There's nothing that's not believable. Mm-hmm. It's just that it doesn't feel fresh anymore. And now, I don't know if it's the quarantine or he hasn't been anything in a while. I missed uh, Venom and I still haven't caught up on that yet. You haven't so seen Venom? He, no, I still haven't oh, seen it. Oh, fuck. All right. And, and yeah. he's been away long enough that I'm now I'm kind of jazzed again do you know what i mean like to see him in something yeah so um i don't know and, well, and i also wonder are they yeah. going to bring venom into the current tom holland spider-man has there been a, like a final so, say on that? I know they talked about it i don't think they're willing to say yet but a couple of things about what you're talking about the the uh the the concept of like tom hardy fatigue is something that i have a lot for in capone because he's oh, so okay. over the top um and it's not that he's not playing it maybe accurately, like you're saying. He's still good at what he does. It's it, but but he leans so heavily on the 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 mumble and the weird performance yeah. and and he's and a mumbler. It's that's all fine. But from all a the watch mumble, from a watchability standpoint, and and from like for me as a relative sound person, um, it's incredibly hard to hear mm. his dialogue right. because it's just not articulated enough. Right. Um, and I kind of wish they would have split the difference a little bit, but um, I have a feeling with this director being relatively new, he probably didn't have much control over him. Yeah, uh, I, I mean that's intimidated. what I assume, but who knows? Uh, anyways, uh, but but um, uh, what you're saying about Ven- Venom is interesting because of everything he's done in recent years, in like ten years, I think mm-hmm. he's more grounded and normal through enough of that movie that um, it feels weird and uh, because he is just kind of being a normal guy until right. things happen that are weird, you know, in the movie. But um, but right. I, I would say it's one of his more watchable performances, even though I, I don't necessarily think it's great. It's pretty good, though. Um, I actually I've watched Venom a few times. I really, really enjoy it because it's just nuts. Um, yeah. But there's a there's a, um, you know, a point at which Venom becomes uh, a, a big part of the movie as a character, and I didn't realize that he was also doing the Venom voice because it's a uh, it's a yeah. voice, you know. And he yeah. does the voice, and actually, that's the performance in the movie. It's not really him being the guy. It's it's the gotcha. perform the voice performance that they superimpose. It's very very good. Um, well, so the, I mean, I, yeah. I'm a Tom Hardy fan. I, sure, and honestly, yeah, yeah. he it's funny because he's always kind of reminded me of Brando. 
and Brando's the one I'm who's sure famous that's for what he's like, going for. Cotton balls <laughs> yeah. in his mouth and, yeah, yeah. and uh, mumbling. So it's kind of a funny thing. Um, well, but I, I'm down to watch it. My, my favorite, my favorite Capone movie or story that revolves around him at all is not really a Capone movie. It's The Untouchables. Oh, you know, right, about, right. Uh, the crew that brings him down in a yeah. way. Um, so this, I don't, I don't, I know the basic amount. You know what I mean? I don't know that much. So this will maybe I'll learn more. Maybe I won't. I you, you can probably won't. It's really not a historical movie. It's a, a very small portrait of a guy, you know, going crazy, which Fair is enough. hard. But enough. Um, but but uh, talking about Venom and, and the Sony Marvel Universe, they, they haven't really said, but they uh, have alluded to at least within the Sony world, um, uh, maybe ha- because. OK, so a couple of things. Um uh, well, you haven't seen Venom, so I can't really. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, there, there are, <laughs> there are going to be crossovers that have yet right. to be kind of fleshed out. So, uh, whether or not it's actually Venom in a Spider-Man movie or vice versa, I'm not sure about that. But right there on. are some crossovers, I think, with characters and stuff. So, um, well, I know enough from reading they're going to bring Carnage in to the Venom series. Well, that's yeah, Spider-Man's that's, that's that. the we'll next see. Venom movie is is uh, right. Carnage, and it's right. played by uh, Woody Harrelson, which is cool. So it's funny to me. I mean, again. I, I don't. I can't speak too much to it. You've seen it, but um, that really was one that I was just not excited for, and thought, you know, why is Sony <laughs> making a standalone sure. movie? And then, and then, by and large, everything I heard was good. I mean, I, I just people it's, were like, you know, I enjoyed it's it. It's really so, fun. It's got some. It's got some weird writing. It's got some weird casting for sure. Uh, Michelle Williams' hair is uh, so fucking annoying in the movie. <laughs> She's wearing a, wi- a weird wig that's like got a weird okay. style to. It. I mean, I, you know, far be it for me to say anything about woman's hair, but it, it's not. Right. I mean, it just is weird to look at. Right. Okay. And gotcha. um, and so there are just a lot of things about it that are very bizarre to me. The costuming, I think, is really bad. There's a lot of th- where you're like, they spent a lot of money. There's no reason for this. Um, but uh, but watch it for for how bad shit it is. Watch it for. Tom Hardy for sure and watch it because a lot of uh, action takes place in the uh, Sony Pictures Plaza lobby <laughs> the new, newly oh. renovated Plaza lobby so uh, like a huge uh, action sequence happens in there so okay. um, so it's cool. kind of cool uh, we used yeah. to work there that'll be a trip down um, memory lane but um, I've got I've got a few other movies to mention but uh, do you have uh, I, and by the way I want to separate movies from TV because I got all kinds of TV shit uh, right on for sure. yeah the the other thing that's uh, new, uh, relatively new um, is just on um, I think Amazon Amazon original mm-hmm. I, I watched uh, the aeronauts I don't know if I mentioned that to you oh that's the, the one balloon yeah movie yeah, yeah the, I know of it yeah true story it. or true ish story um, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, right not, not an incredible movie, but again, if you're looking for something to watch, it's definitely worth watching. It's kind of incredible. I mean, I just, certain things that motivate people, they're inspiring, but also at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, don't know that I would ever care enough. You know what I mean? To risk, you know what I mean? This sure. kind of thing. And that's part of what's amazing about like, if you watch free solo, you know, and stuff like that, where you're just kind of like, this is all inspiring. And also it seems just insane, you yeah. know? And that's a little bit what this is like. Um, but it was uh it was fun it was uh intense um and then I, I watched some older stuff but the other the other again relatively new thing I saw was uh Jess and I watched uh, Spencer Confidential did you see that on oh Netflix? no I didn't yet is that any good yeah it has no right to be as good as it is oh fair it, enough it's That's um, good- and, and and I am not saying that it's um incredible right but but I thought it would be mediocre to bad and we just kind of had it queued up for a while right. And then we watched it, and it was like, um, it's it's a fun watch. It's just an entertaining, fun watch. It's funny. 
It's funnier than I thought it would be. Nice. It's got a good pace to it. Um, all the the character actors are good. Um, obviously, Marky Mark is uh, is starring, <laughs> but sure. um, the uh, oh gosh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name. Um, Alan Arkin mm-hmm. uh, plays a, a character in it, and I, I always think he's great. But he was really funny. And the other really weird thing is Post Malone <laughs> is in this movie as a white supremacist. Uh, prisoner in jail that tracks yeah and it's such a weird (laughs) it's such a weird casting and it and it takes you out of it because you're like this is post malone the entire time right and yet he does much better than he again than he should be doing like he's just uh and then eliza i can never pronounce her last name schlerzinger oh yeah uh, she was just a comedian yeah yeah. Uh, again, this is a caricature performance she turns in, but it's entertaining. She plays like the loud Boston chick. Okay. And and you know, I guess maybe that's kind of what she is, but but it's just funny and fun, and the action is good. Um, it, it's an entertaining movie. It's worth checking out. Um, you're not going to watch it a second time, but that's a that's a good review. It. I mean, I'm I'm into uh, just kind of stupid fun stuff right now. I I'm, that one is I, right I, up my, your alley. My then. standards are are extremely low relative to a couple of months ago. So. Um, right. yeah. I would, I think everybody's the, the amount of shit that I I've hit play on. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? But anyways, um, so uh, <laughs> know, by true, the way, by, by the way, not that this is in that category, but have you watched underwater yet? No, still haven't watched please, underwater. Please make a point to watch that soon because it is as time goes on. I've still only seen it the one time I saw it in the theater, but it's on, it's on VOD and other th- places probably now. But, uh, I just think it's one of our best action you know in that thriller action you know you put in the category of all the underwater or space or whatever like kind of horrific uh you know i mean it's in the vein of alien and all these things um it's fucking great it it is it's funny you bring it up because we brought that up we brought that up the other day Justin and i were like we need to watch remember underwater like we were talking about right right And, and i and i showed jess another one that i introduced her to the other night was uh aliens she had never seen the. oh you said that yeah yeah totally and it was fucking great i mean you know, we both those are those it. are fun to watch for somebody. I mean, if she yeah, yeah if, awesome. she, if she's into that kind of movie and kind of the horror that goes along with that genre, um, then uh, she'll like Underwater for sure. Right. Um, I cool. uh, we'll check them out. I went back and watched Gentlemen Broncos because you had mentioned it last <laughs> week. Um, and uh, and I, it is uh, it is not as entertaining to me as uh, Napoleon Dynamite. You know, same director. And right. I, right. It is not as entertaining to me. It's I it's think weirder. it suffers a little bit. It, I think it suffers for three quarters of it you kind of don't know where it's going you don't know right what what could possibly happen because you're you're in a world with these people where um kind of like success or uh or um or uh kind of righteousness or uh winning is not standard and so uh you're kind of going is this gonna i forgot how it ended and i i was kind of like is this gonna end really like a bummer where right, no, no one right. wins because it kind of has that vibe um yeah but, but it ends up being actually really good i think the ending really does tie it together and it, it it's satisfying um but uh sam rockwell is so fucking good in that he's in it for like a couple of few scenes it's so minimal he's but great it, in everything and the more we talk about him the more so i think i'm starting to good. he's starting to become my favorite person to watch <laughs> like because the more we bring it up i'm like oh yeah i love him in this and oh yeah i love him in that and then eventually it's kind of like well he's great in everything i think gentleman broncos the thing that draws me to it 
is just it's a movie that never ever should have gotten made. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like it never it should have gotten like stopped so many times on a table. Yeah. We get that someone wrote this and is passionate about it, but don't give them any money. That's Yeah, that's, it's a <laughs> how did this get made? 100%. Kind of. And yeah, I yeah. just I don't know, there's something about it that uh that I dig in that way, but it, you, I mean it is a weird movie. Did you ever bump into Mike White at Sony? No. Um, I bumped into him with a tour years and years ago. Uh, Mike White is in this movie. He play I forget his character name, but he's a big right, part right. of. Doesn't he? Matter. He might have co-written it. I forget. He's written and and uh, produced a lot of things. Uh, him and Jack Black have a company called Black and White or something like that. Um, okay. And he was a big part of uh, School of Rock. He wrote and acted in that and everything. Um, but anyways, I bumped into Mike White once, and he's such a generic looking guy. Um, no offense, Mike White, but, uh, I bumped into him <laughs> with a group and I was genuinely very excited, like as me seeing right. Mike White. And I was like, Oh, uh, and I, I, I generally wouldn't call out, so you know, that we wouldn't really point people out so overtly, right. but for some reason I did. Cause I was with a group of like 10 year olds and the school of rock wasn't that old. It was only maybe yeah. a couple of years old. Yeah. So I knew they knew him even though they didn't recognize him. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, look guys, it's Mike White from School of Rock. And he was blown away that I recognized him. <laughs> and he was very nice. He was just like, Hey That's guys, great. you know, That's great. um, but, uh, but I really, really enjoy him. Everything he does. Uh, and I kind of wish that, uh, he was doing a lot of stuff. I don't know what he's working on now, but it's been so many years since I've seen him. Right anything. Um, I feel like I, um, I feel like I brought this up on a, on a past pod and I'm not sure if I did, but did we talk about the, uh, art of self-defense, the Jesse Eisenberg um, I movie? I think we did. And, uh, I, I saw it in theaters and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, me too. Yeah. That's one. I'll just say real quick. That's one that I, um, it could have gone away without getting too spoiled. Right, it could have right. gone away that I would have been actually angry and not <laughs> wanted to see it. And it seemed like it was going to, it seemed like sure. it was going to go full in. Uh, on that and uh, it, but it it all kind of came around in that movie in a way that I thought fit really well yeah and I ended up really liking it as dark dark as it is it's a dark comedy dark dark comedy no it's great um, and uh, that uh, that director is doing um, uh, I think he's doing a movie with uh, fuck he's doing uh, I, I don't want to miss uh, quote I'm gonna have to look him up um, okay, but no he's uh, he's a local LA guy that uh, is uh probably going to be huge um anyways well uh, lay on me what else you uh you've seen so um, i rewatch i'm gonna i'm gonna blow through a couple of these um real quick and then end with uh one big one um i rewatched rogue one it's probably the first time that i've watched it since it came out and And? i think you knew that this was my least favorite uh probably not my least favorite Star Wars movie, obviously, Attack of the Clones is probably worse, but I really, really, really disliked it after I saw it, after I let it sink in. Um, and I got to say that this rewatch, I liked it a lot more, um, Good. mostly because I think it is visually the best Star Wars movie. I Ooh. think hands down after watching it this time, and I don't know why I wouldn't have thought that originally because we saw it in IMAX, like at yeah. the Chinese theater. Yeah. Well, what the hell's wrong with the, you? Well, I have a better TV now. But anyways, <laughs> um, the the visuals of Rogue One are fucking outstanding. I mm-hmm. just, I think it, uh, it stands on its own. Um, and uh, I still hated the characters, that's still right. a bummer for me. You know, that's right. the reason that I didn't like it originally is that um, the main two characters, uh, I forget the actors' names, but, uh, you know, the rebel spy guy and then uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Jyn Erso. I just I hate them both. I think they're both useless. Even and even though they're 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 acted well, I guess I just think they're written really poorly and they don't do anything. And I don't care about them at all. And that's a bummer. I, to I really not like give a Felicity shit. Jones, and I'm not saying this was a great character, but I just right. like her in general. Oh, same sure. thing with Aaron. Well, me too. Yeah, yeah. So that may have, may have helped. But the other thing you were talking about with visuals is, um, you know, topography is a big thing in mm-hmm. Star Wars. I mean, obviously they're famous for. It's almost like a, a mythical story that takes place on the ground on, in yeah. one world where you just go from desert to sea and stuff, except individual planets are sort of that. And I always thought that was kind of a really creative thing. People people now are, at least some of my friends have kind of made fun of that and how like childish that is or whatever. I'm like, dude, that's just the world they've created and I'm actually into it, right? Like it's it's very simple, but yeah. it's kind of cool. But uh, having it uh, that kind of set in almost that tropical location, which we had never really seen, I think, in another Star Wars for the conclusion. That's a big part of it, man. Yeah, I mean, even though too. even though I, I think the visuals of the other locations in the movie too are outstanding. The uh the uh, planet, I forget the name of that planet, but um the the uh Florida planet, whatever the yeah, Caribbean the beach. planet. Uh, yeah. beach planet. Yeah, is uh, is outstanding. What did um, you think about uh going back to it the appearance of Vader having kind of that fan moment? Uh, fan um, moment. So it has it has two moments, and it has you know the middle where Ben Mendelsohn goes to his castle, and I think that that's really right. cool. I had just watched the prequels um, for the first time in a long time, you know, a few weeks ago. So seeing seeing a movie dare to um, bridge the prequels uh, with the original trilogy the way that this does yeah, is yeah. actually really, really, really impressive. And it get it, it is, um, Oh, I think they even said this on the newcomers podcast. Uh, maybe their guest did or something. The fact that rogue one exists and it bridges these two trilogies and it makes the prequels better because it exists. Mm. And, mm, and it, obviously that's debatable. No, 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 no. I know <laughs> I that's you. debatable, but, but the fact that, that, um, we, we get these hints of things from the prequels sort of, right, right, uh, right. and it's the first time we see Vader, uh, you know, on his own and everything. It yeah. almost makes the whole thing work better. Anyways, the point is, um, you see him in his castle and I think that instance, uh, was a little weird to me. Yeah, um, I was more talking about when he lays waste. I, I totally the understand. Yeah, moment. the 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 um the end is uh very satisfying. I do yeah, I think exciting. that it is purely just fan service, and the only reason it's good is because you know it's fan service. It's not it's not because it in and of itself was super necessary to do that. I don't know. Um, right. I enjoy it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's it's a lot yeah, of fun, I, you know. I liked that one better than you. I think more than anything, I was very, very interested in that the story, the idea of that yeah. movie because this was one that would it, they didn't have to invent. It was mentioned in the originals. You know, it was something that was important to the originals, but it was a standalone, right? And that was kind of one of the coolest way. If you're gonna revisit anything, I thought that was the way to do it. And you talked about it tied in the prequels too, which matters less to me, but it, it works on both both levels. But I it kind of bugged me. It's, it just seemed a little too neat, and this is real nitpicky. But that it literally directly like led literally into, seconds I mean, by like yeah hey or thirty minutes, seconds later a couple of minutes yeah or yeah, whatever yeah. thirty minutes yeah, later yeah. we were chasing them that to me was almost like all right well I mean it could have been like a month on the run across the right. galaxy you know or right. a week or whatever it didn't need to be all right we're in the ship and we're flying away and here that's they come why, uh, that's I guess what I'm getting at is that if you took away the severe Vader murder scene and you took away 
a lot of that and it was just a, a simpler like getting getting the thing transmitted and someone mm-hmm. handing it to the princess yeah and then it it shooting off into hyperspace that's enough right that's enough exactly all you and really it, need is them dying on nice. the beach saying we gave us a chance we gave them a chance i mean th- that's kind of why this one was going to be powerful was the sacrifice element it goes from being they able never to die at right. the end of a star wars movie like that <laughs> no one um, ever but really also, dies man, you know han solo did this too in really acknowledging the prequels by bringing the Darth Maul thing in at the very end. Right. And I know That's they're not going to, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do more of those now or not. I don't think they're going to. sounds like, not. but, um, yeah. But yeah, that was something else that, that did the kind of the same thing. But anyway, that's weird. Enough, yeah, uh, Star Wars. Um, I watched Keepers of the Magic. You told me about that documentary. Yeah. Told us about that, and um, it was okay. I, you know, obviously the content is good. Um, right. I think it was kind of poorly made as a as a documentary. It's just a TV it, doc. It, it's, it yeah. sounded like garbage. They. I, I don't know. I don't know how you make a movie about making movies and don't like <laughs> right, do the right. absolute best that right. you can. Um, it, it, again, it, it just sounded really bad and the mics were bad and so on and so forth. But um, I was just so interested in the takes, all these different takes that sometimes know, it contrasted. Excellent. These brilliant. It, people. Exactly. And what I was going to make, the only thing I, I made note of really is that one of those cinematographers had such a strong feeling that, and, and I guess it's probably universally considered uh, that, you know, blue in a movie is bad. You know, blue right. as a color yeah. is bad. Uh, don't do it. You know, all these other colors, oh, sure, but no blue. And uh, and it is, and it made me think of a few weeks ago when I talked about having seen Dr. Sleep and how Dr. Sleep probably wasn't shot this way at all. It's not heavy in blue color, but the color correction of the movie, most of the modern day, is very blue and blue-green. And I hated right. that so much, right. and it, it just right. made me think of that. I was like, yeah, that's probably why I hate it. Just conceptually, that yeah. color doesn't work <laughs> yeah. on film. Um, right, right, right. So anyways, whatever. But um, it was fine. You know, it's a, it's a good one to check out. Obviously, it's on uh, Hulu or whatever. Um, and, uh, the last, uh, movie I want to talk about is a trilogy that I watched in, in a row that you're probably going to have some shit to, to tell me about or, uh, but, uh, but before I talk about it, do you you have any other movies you want to first a word from our sponsors? Um, no, not, not really. Um, I, I went back and visited some kind of some older things. Um, but, uh, but nothing, nothing like super notable. Well, keep it going. this one is one you, uh, to your credit, have probably tried to get me to watch for years. You <gasps> even gave me one of these a long time ago, and I oh, still wow. never watched it. I watched Link Letters before Trilogy. Uh, oh, man. All in a row. And having never seen it before, really having not known what the content of the movies at all was, other than I knew that they were spread out over movie many years with the same yes. two actors. That's yes. all I knew. Yes. And, Going in um, as I, little to the content as we can, tell me how it made you feel. Well, <laughs> uh, to give you some context, I had just binged the entire series of Normal People, which I'll talk about in the TV section, okay. which is a devastated to me a devastating love story even though right but in a relatively positive way but a devastating love story very realistic love story um over eight or ten episodes or whatever it was and um and so i was very vulnerable and very very emotional and then i was like yeah fuck it i'm going full in so i watched this trilogy in a row and uh, I fucking loved it. It's one of my favorite oh, things now, so uh, ever. And and I got to say that as I was watching them, I was kind of comparing them to each other. I was trying to put myself in, in, in you know, these different eras. Yeah, um, they're real time capsules of the times. Real time capsules. So, yeah. I mean, Linkletter doesn't give enough get enough credit for his style of of 
storytelling and he's how a master it, dude i i just don't even understand no one else does this no one else is able yeah. to capture periods this way and bounce around through time he's this, he's like the closest thing we have to time travel is link letter yeah. um yeah. so uh the the fact is uh the first one i think is my favorite one looking back okay. i just i love it i think it's perfect um the second one is they're all great. They're all they're all really, really, really great. And they obviously are one story. Right. But right. I think from a satisfaction standpoint, I think they go down. I think yeah. I'm less satisfied satisfied okay. with the second one and less satisfied with the third one, even though I love them all. Uh, anyways, the that's third one is my least favorite, and I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with perspective. And I have not lived that. I, I just yeah. don't know what that feels like. A thousand percent. To me, the second one was my favorite one. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's just something about kind of a return, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, and oh, also so the way yeah. they <laughs> kind of just track through these super long shots. Like I know they're they're all done a little bit differently, but just yep. these long walks through these beautiful. The amazing thing about these is they're all set in just a beautiful place that you like looking at <laughs> throughout so the good, whole thing, man. and that's a kind of a not. I'm not going to call it a cheap trick, but that's just like a choice that makes it more digestible and makes yes. it seem more romantic because these yes. are about romance and love and you know the problems with that as well as the good stuff but I, I do think the you know the 90s when the first one really I think spoke to that generation the generation X mm-hmm. and all the others really are throwbacks to that generation like we said they take place at a different time but mm-hmm. it'll always be that generation's it's baby. the same age so in that people. way I think yeah. the first one yeah is kind of the one but to me the, the second one stands out they're all great though I'm so happy that you liked them Oh um, my God! Yeah, yeah I they're, mean, they're really, fantastic. really loved them. And, and those, to me, I don't know if it's as much of an accomplishment or not, but those, to me, are better than as a trilogy and as kind of one story than Boyhood is. And I and I know they kind of strive mm-hmm. to do the same thing in sure, different ways. Yeah. And I think Boyhood's more ambitious and and in that way a greater accomplishment. Right. But this idea of bringing the same people back together and sitting in a room and I don't know if you know this, but they they develop the story together. You know, Ethan Hawke oh, cool. and Linklater and like, um, I'm forgetting now I'm blanking on the actress's name. Oh, Julie Depley. Yeah, Julie Depley. Uh, Delpy? I think it's. I forget which. She's awesome in all of them. She's amazing. Yeah, of course. But but they flesh it out and have as much input on their characters as and they kind of ad lib a lot of it. So I just think it's cool that they have come back nine years apart for each one over three decades and continued with these characters. It's awesome. Do you think he'll do another one? Well, okay, let's see. So we were 95, 2004, and then 2013. So we yeah. would be due in two years. Yeah. They jokingly said they're going to keep doing these till they're 90. <laughs> and uh, Ethan Hawke said, you know, even if one of us dies, we can always do the story about once the other person once. dies. You know what I mean? Um, I hope they keep going because why not? And it's not a story that has a definitive ending because right. it's such a reflection of life uh, right. in that way. So. I'd be happy to see him keep going. I do think it's also funny if they stop because they've always said that we we uh, joyously claim to be the lowest grossing trilogy of all time because, <laughs> because like it's a movie That's that really costs funny. nothing but also has made almost nothing. nothing. I mean, yeah. not nothing, but you know, yeah, sure, compared sure. to like your Star Wars and your Lord of the Rings and stuff, right, right. Um, so I would love to see more, but also at the same time, if they can't come up with more stuff, then I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm happy if totally. they leave it the way I it is because totally this last one really was more of a drag and it can only get sadder <laughs> as life goes on. So I wonder that's about the other that. side of it. Yeah. It, it does kind of feel like you're, you're, um, if, if you're 
goal with the movie is to uh, delight or to uh, yeah. you just can't do it. I mean, I, well, that's that's unfair. I'm sure they could figure it I'm out, just but it's less, here. less easy. Yeah, but you could all you there is you know if they have grandkids right yeah, at right. a certain point. I mean, you can always have the two generations older grandparents watching young love. You know what I mean? Like there could be an sure. interesting juxtaposition there if they're the grandparents, even if it's something like puppy love that's kind of silly and whatever. That could be kind of endearing and charming. It, ju- it just turns into a different kind of movie at this sure. point, I think, sure. starting about now. But uh, right. but ultimately, then, it will become okay, a more. If you ever saw a more, <laughs> like ultimately, <laughs> no, it'll actually, just no, be I that didn't. and but, really devastating. Um, well, that's uh, that's. Oh, and then the last thing, real quick, is uh, I watched uh, Spaceship Earth, which is a documentary on uh, Hulu now. And it's okay. a it's the true st- it's a, a version of the true story of the people that. Uh, locked themselves in that bio sphere in uh, Arizona oh, or wherever shit. in the 90s. The thing that bio doom, that bio bio dome dome ripped yeah. off. Yeah. Um, so uh, I recommend people watch it because it's an interesting story. Um, it's not a particularly satisfying story, um, but uh, pretty wild. I just, I you know, to see what they built, they built this enormous complex in the desert right. and what led up to that, the group that was in there and, and kind of produced it um, are, a, are a real world kind of a cult sort of, you know, in, yeah. a, in the yeah. most positive sense, but a cult essentially that uh, kind of lived in, in the Bay Area and they were into, uh, you know, sustainable projects, but also communal projects and uh it's just very interesting um okay. I, I don't know yeah check it out i mean um, it can't possibly be as good as biodome <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's not <laughs> um, the best so, movie by any baldwin brother right uh let's uh, let's move to tv and i have to start with the thing that i forgot last week which pissed me off oh, that i texted yeah. you about which is that right. uh, the show dave which i love so much yes. and you God, love so much we and, both and everybody loves so, so much um we talked we forgot to talk about the finale of that which had happened a couple weeks ago um i just i loved and it is now uh, giving it these couple of weeks it is now fx's top viewed and top rated comedy of all time it's so i great. think uh, so that's great, and uh, it, they definitely in the last couple of weeks got a renewal for season two. So that's great. Um, but um, fucking Dave is outstanding, <laughs> and I was so jazzed. I was so I watched it at midnight, right as soon as it went on Hulu. So I was uh-huh. pretty early in watching it, and I immediately tweeted out how much I loved it, and I made a GIF. I actually recorded part of the screen. Uh, yeah. Uh, from my computer made a gif of Gata's be- head bobbing at, in the finale right, right, right. and then not only did Dave retweet my tweet oh, but that was that, awesome. that gif kind of went viral and Gata retweeted that uh, gif and, and it was very very exciting because uh, I it don't made ever, me so happy I don't ever do anything on social media yeah. <laughs> really and, uh, and it, gave you that it, it had a little bit of a life so um, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. There's so I, much I'm, positivity around it; it's just infectious, and, for sure. and I love it. Yeah. And, and it's fantastic. And we've talked about it before, but I, um, I, I haven't given this enough thought, and it's still too fresh to really like uh, say anything definitively. But we we talk about this all the time. We kind of rank and we think about what's our pantheon of you know right. movies and everything else. And Dave has been good enough. It's only been one season, but in the first season, has been good enough that I have started to think about it in the same you know context as or in the same thought wave as my favorite TV shows. You yeah. I mean, like my yeah. the favorite TV that I have, whatever that list is, and Dave now pops into my head. So I'm, I hope I'm it with stays you. that great. I, I, I absolutely 
do worry that it'll it'll lose steam over time yeah. like you're saying yeah. but it's all relative it once we see what he does with the second season and so on and so forth and what he does in life because he's still even though he's very famous he's still kind of new he doesn't have yeah. millions of followers on For social sure. media he has hundreds of thousands but you know all relative and he um he's so insanely talented uh, and all the people that he's working with in this are in talented, are so talented. Um, right. The 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 Gata uh, kind of flashback episode that you mentioned weeks ago was like he needs to win an Emmy. That's been a pretty common thing on social media of people calling out that episode and that performance to oh, be so up good. for Emmys for best performance and writing and all these things. Um, so I yeah I I'm with you. It's super up there. Right, right on. Um, Let's, uh, <laughs> you want to talk about last dance? <laughs> I do. I don't want to harken on it too long because I did a, um, uh, Rocky rant last, last time. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to take up 30 <laughs> minutes because at the end of this, I'm going to do a Rocky two rant. It's okay, take cool. Probably 45 I'm ready. Minutes. I'm ready. Uh, no. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I have really, 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 really enjoyed last dance as a huge Jordan fan. Sure. Um, I would have enjoyed it no matter what, but I think it's been really, really solid. I'm sad to see it in tonight. Yeah. Uh, the last two episodes, um, the time really has gone faster watching this documentary to me than almost anything I've watched. And it helps when somebody's already kind of the hero you grew up with, but I have appreciated the fact that it's kind of pulled the curtain back on some things that are a little ugly. Uh, It's reminded me of Whiplash at certain times and Mm -hmm. and had me kind of thinking about like, what Mm -hmm. is like the the seeking perfection or seeking, you know, to master something versus the human element and treating everyone right and all this other stuff. And where's that balance? And are we, you know, should we judge, um, you know, all these things. So it's been really, really great. I can't uh, wait to see the last two, but I'm also uh, sad it's ending. That's all I'll say. (laughs) That's very, very contained. I don't want you to comment. I don't want you to comment. Very contained of you. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two things. (laughs) One is that uh, I I mentioned weeks ago that uh, so far to that point, we had just seen such a perfect Michael Jordan and obviously that yep. has changed and he's, he's gotten pretty dismal and sad and, uh, right. and even just the modern day interviews with him are so like kind of bummer. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, he, yeah, 100%. he's very, he's very dark, uh, and, uh, he almost joyless, which is kind of harsh, but it, it just feels no, like, it's, it's true. I don't know that he has any joy in life. I think he has, um, satisfaction in life, you know, right. things satisfy him, but I, I don't know that he's ever happy in any of this. I don't know because that's if, how it you feels, know, right? when, when you, when you see him win, and he breaks down, and and it's like that's he's not. Ha- I don't think it's that's like happiness. It's yeah, yeah. It's, and it, that's said in the in the doc is just like yeah, right. it's just a relief. It's just a. Um, well, I also think yeah. that uh, he's you know, um, I, I mean, he's not dead, obviously. Yeah, that's a good thing. But you know, you hear the the quote in Blade Runner that I love is the light that shines twice as bright shines half as long. Yep. And I do think for a lot of athletes, but particularly for Jordan and somebody that good, um, I think they almost get what any of us would get out of a full life doubled and compounded for yep. the part of their life that it almost seems like they were built for just which is like to compete 10 years or 15 years. Or and then once yeah. that's done, the second half of life is to mm-hmm. be le- lived. Right. And this is another thing. I don't want to hearken on this and get stuck in a long thing on this, but there's another thing that, that really is so heartbreaking about the Kobe Bryant stuff because it was very early, but he really seemed to have been wired exactly like Mike seemed like he would be miserable Right. And then it felt like he somehow observed his idol, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, and he even said this in an interview, and then took it on 
as a new challenge, the same way he would take on a basketball challenge to find that second phase of his life. And it really seemed like he was applying that and was going to do that and was going to be such a positive force. And it's, it's just devastating. I mean, I'm, I don't want to, I'm getting like, I'm welling up right here, but it's, I don't know him, you know, or anything, but it's just like, you know, he he was, he was capitalizing in a way that I don't think Jordan has been able to No no judgment on him. Right. And it is sad. uh, And it's great to go back and look at the time that what was special about him and, you know, continues to be, I mean, anybody who can accomplish something like that is worth celebrating, I think. Um, oh, sure. But again, it would be great to be able to see that second chapter of Gobi, and sadly, we're not going to get it. Yes, that is very sad. Um, I uh, I will say that, um, uh, oh, I lost my place. Hang on one second. Um, in, in, on a totally other note about The Last Dance, uh, the episode about him, uh, summer before his return season, uh, going to Warner Brothers and shooting Space Jam and having <laughs> having the gym set up at Warner Brothers and just that whole episode, that whole like period, uh, it, it's uh, I found myself so into it and engaged in yes. it, and I was just like, yes. this is the most awesome thing. This whole concept of him bringing yes. bringing all the guys out to play, uh, and it, you know, from presumably all over the fucking place, yeah, just come to Burbank, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, it was so fucking cool, and I'm so and glad it, because we we really haven't seen, I think, in in general, I've never seen really any behind the scenes on Space Jam, and and you know, after <laughs> that, how did this get made? You're kind of going, oh, we've heard, man, I really want made, yeah. to see like a full feature length documentary making of right. this fucking weird movie. <laughs> And so just to see the little bit that we saw and what his life was like during that yeah. time and how he's up, you know, 18, 20 Seeing hours him dribble to, towards those green screen guys. Holy um, fuck. It's great. Hilarious. So great. Um, but also, you know, again, and they say, and how did this get made? How did he not go insane? You know, <laughs> right. it's amazing. He didn't go insane. But I mean, in a way, <laughs> this seems like the perfect. You yeah. Know, you put Michael Jordan in this pod where he can just, you know, he goes to work <laughs> and he, and he's by himself and he right. can focus and then. You know, he dribbles and they film it and then he has pickup games. And like you just mentioned, I think one of the things that's always been the most impressive about him and anyone really is people who just can capitalize on every single day and not waste a moment and stay that focused and stay that driven. I mean, when they talked about him shooting that how long those days are and then doing all those pickup games and keeping up his weight training. Yeah. It, it it really is just, and I know people say Michael Jordan never slept and maybe he's just genetically has something that we don't know about. Right. I don't know, but still it's incredible. It, it really is oh, all inspiring. Absolutely. Uh, so. Absolutely. One of the, one of the greatest, I mean the greatest. Um, so a couple other TV uh, recommendations I mentioned a little bit ago, I watched normal people, which is a, a, a BBC show that is on Hulu now. Um, but it's a it's kind of a, a dark ish, very realistic love story of these two teenagers. And it co- and it covers many years of their lives, uh, kind of going back and forth, finding each other and losing each other and everything. And um, uh, incredibly satisfying, outstanding. Prefer- some of the best um, young. I mean, they're both like 20, 22 ish at uh, these actors. Right. Uh, some of the best performances I've ever seen, I think, in anything. Wow. And, and okay. I hope that this gets lots of Emmys. Um, I have a feeling it will, but I don't know. Um, one of the best things I've seen in, in a long time. So highly, highly recommend that. I watched it kind of nice. all in one sitting. It's a little devastating. I mean, if you're single like me, it's a little devastating. But um, mm-hmm. but, but just mm-hmm. anybody that's into kind of a, a real love story. Um, Westworld ended. Uh, stupid fucking show. This should this uh, this, <laughs> this the review. This yeah, basically review. stupid fucking show. This this season was better than last season. So anybody that says that, you're okay. right. But it. Um, uh, God, I just wish they 
Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, I think, are the showrunners and mostly responsible for the show. They um, they just have a way of storytelling that is it, it, extremely in line with Picard conceptually. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, okay. And it, it just infinitely frustrating. Like I, I okay. hate the type of storytelling and um, the, the content. For first season as well? I mean, you no, enjoyed the first season. See, the, most. the first season, yeah, the, for me, the first season was the best. And even that, I, I struggle with. I, second season oh. was pretty bad. First season, I, honestly, the reason that I liked Westworld was because it was this Western world. And it was right. visually, right. that's why I liked it. They, they're not in that anymore. Westworld's done. Right. Yeah. So right. it, it is, right. it all takes place in like Singapore and LA. And it's just like modern day or, you know, future you know right, city right. shit and and that's fine there's a lot of really cool tech it's very beautifully shot um and uh, and and one one thing about westworld is that the locations are amazing they right. wh- whoever is doing the location uh you know managing and everything and scouting and everything is uh the best in the business um obviously it helps to have tons of money but yeah, a show like like Picard which I really complained about their locations anytime they're in a real location which was kind of minimal but yeah, those yeah, locations yeah. I thought were garbage and it's like right, where does right. the money go what what yeah. the fuck are you guys doing um right, anyways right. so that's Westworld I won't say anything else have you watched Upload on Amazon no no I think I've, I've seen the movie that it was then spun off of or based on or initially like oh, they reimagined was it? it based on a movie oh i didn't I'm know i'm pretty that. sure upload because it, give me give me the little uh, plot the, synopsis yeah the premise is uh there's a, a a company that allows you when you die to upload your uh consciousness into no, this virtual thinking vir- upgrade oh I'm that's upgrade, upgrade okay. which is also fun but no no i've stuff. seen upgrade yeah uh, upload is uh i think it's an original concept it's from um oh god i'm blanking on his name uh the guy that made um uh, uh Way back, he was the co-creator of King of the Hill with uh, with oh. Mike Judge, wow. and then okay. uh, and then he created he co-created the Office and the American Office and Parks and Rec. He's the kind of gotcha. head of those okay. shows, um, and so this is his new show, and uh, it is uh, it's a little campy for my taste, but um, you've seen. You've seen most of Black Mirror, right? You know what Black yeah, Mirror? I've seen is, all right? of Black Mirror. You've seen yeah. Black Mirror. You, have you seen The Good Place? negative okay uh and obviously you've seen idiocracy i i say in my (laughs) mind it's those three combined it is okay it's a base of black mirror because of all the high tech future concepts that are kind of dark right um these concepts are kind of the base of it and then you add the uh kind of the writing and the mood of uh the good place which is uh very kind of light and campy um, and G, kind of G-rated, even though, you know, like they bleep out, you know, curse words because you're in heaven, right. and, you know, and so a lot of this show. I think Jess has seen all of The Good Place. It kind of takes place in that vibe. Yeah, she loves The Good Place. But then with a huge slapping of, of idiocracy of just like the most ridiculous, you know, future concepts okay. of what humanity okay. has become. Um, so This is something we'll have to check out. I then. really think you guys will like it as long as you know that it is uh, – just kind of a, a fun comedy uh, rather right. than anything right. deeper, um, but highly, highly recommend that. Um, and uh, the, there's only been one episode, but I highly recommend everybody go watch. I know this much is true on HBO. It's the new, uh, I think it's a, it's a limited series, mini series. I think it'll be eight, six or eight episodes with Mark Ruffalo playing twins. Um, okay. And it's based on a novel about these twin brothers and one of them has um, 
some mental instability and the other one is kind of okay and and right and but it's very dark and the uh, the first episode was one i in my opinion one of the best first episodes of a drama that i've seen in years um and uh and i i yeah i think everybody go check it out it's mark ruffalo melissa leo is in it um what's uh juliette lewis is in it oh cool Uh, it's a really really cool group of people and it's beautiful yeah anyways um do you do you have any other TV? I've got one more I wanted to mention. Um, I just uh, the, I think the last thing I'm going to say is that I attempted to watch the Seinfeld special on Netflix, and Ooh, okay. I turned it off after about 20 minutes because I realized uh, I just don't care about him anymore. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, the, the only other thing I wanted to mention TV wise, uh, Jess and I, I don't know if you know what we do in the shadows. If you've seen that one, we, uh, I've seen a few episodes, but I didn't keep up. We, we dug the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we love the movie and then we, we also enjoy the show. Sure. Uh, she's seen more than I have, but they just had a Mark Hamill episode. No shit. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is if you're going to pop in, you don't need to see all of them or yeah, catch yeah. up to see that one. But if you're going to pop in and you're looking for 20 minutes to kill. Right. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, Hamill really is, but I thought about when I was watching it is he's a character actor. I know he played like the lead in this huge iconic thing, Sure. but he's a character actor more than anything. Yeah. And he's just basically doing his best Bella Lugosi, uh, as a vampire. Cool. Um, and he has come to real quick, not, not the full synopsis, but just the pitch. He has come to collect on a, uh, bill that, uh, one of the other vampires, uh, skipped out on like a hundred years before. Cool. That's really he's funny. Come to, he's tracked him down to collect. So anyway, that's Excellent. kind of the premise in it. And it goes to some funny places, but yeah, that the concept of that show is great. Obviously the movie's great. I just, I think, uh, after I watched the first few episodes, I was like, you know what? This is not different enough from the movie. I don't know that I care yeah, that's about fair. it, but, um, but yeah, that's great. Um, Okay, uh, I think uh, we could do a news. You want to do news? Little news. Yeah. Let's give the people. Um, we have a few people that died that we have to just say goodbye to real quick. Jerry Stiller died at 92 years yeah. old the other day. What a run! Um, what a legend! You know, he was quite old. That's a, that's a long life. Um, and he seemed you know. old. I don't want to say he seemed like he was <laughs> on the way out, but he seemed so old to me, and like he was somebody who had been around so many generations before yeah. when Even Zoolander came out. Well, yeah, so, I was going to say. You know what I mean? Seinfeld, Seinfeld or, or uh, Zoolander, yeah. Absolutely. So it's great that we got him as long as we did, but yeah, uh, yeah, obviously rest in peace. Um, Fred Willard died the other day. That's a real bummer. Huge bummer, um, yeah. He was 86, and I was looking him up. He has 313 credits on IMDb. God. I think that's by far the most I've ever seen of any person. Because right. you look up people on IMDb and they have 100. They have, if they're really a prolific character actor, they might have 150 or 200. But to have 313, yeah. I was like, holy yeah. fuck. And granted, a lot of those are one-offs. So they're voice performances. Right. But still, right. it's nuts. I think Christopher Lee is the record holder for features because oh, is that he right? did yeah. so many Hammer horror features and little B movies that they shot in like two weeks and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. Um, but as far as yeah, when you get into TV and episodes and what IMDb would have for every credit, um, I can't imagine. I know the guy who played Ernest P. Worrell in the Ernest <laughs> movies sure. has an incredible run because he was essentially the first like viral TV star. He did so many TV commercials oh. before everything kind of became one big mashup when it was just local television. You didn't even get all the channels. He was around in different areas consistently for a very long time. And that's where the character was created. Interesting. Um, but I don't know where he would stack up against, I mean, 300 some is a lot. of <laughs> it's credits, so many. I, and I also saw that um, uh, in our upcoming section in a little bit, I'll talk about it, but uh, Netflix has this new show space force coming up in just like 10, yeah, 10 right, days or 12 right. days on the 29th of May. 
and uh, that looks really good. But he plays one of the main characters in that show, which is a bummer. Oh, um, wow. so okay. uh, and yeah. his character's name is Fred. Um, but <laughs> right. um, but uh, yeah, so that's I'm sure a huge loss for that show, and who knows whether he was intended to come back the next season, but they'll they'll right, figure it out. Right. Um, I mean, he was 86. I mean, I don't know how long he's Yeah, again, good run. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Little Richard also died at 87 years old the other day. So that's – and I was trying to think, you know, he he was kind of the father of rock and roll and he he, he had such a long career in music. But I was trying – I kept – for a few days it took me to – I, I didn't look it up. I kept thinking, what do I know? What do I what, – what am I picturing him from in a movie? And um, it's Last Action Hero. He's on the red carpet. Oh. He plays himself. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're asking everybody, oh, are you here for the new Slater movie? Nice. He's like, ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, or nice. whatever. Uh, so that, that was good. Great little callback there. Um, so also in the news um, – there was a great uh, Back to the Future reunion on YouTube. Josh Gad that hosted. Fantastic. That was we fantastic. That. Uh, loved that. Um, did you see that the uh, LeBron Space Jam movie got a title? No, I did. I did Space not. Space Jam: A New Legacy. What do you think about that? I mean, I like LeBron, and I don't want to crap on LeBron, <laughs> but I feel like this is kind of one more you're always going to be in the shadow of another legacy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think this was the move for him if right. he wants to get out of the shadow. Agreed. But I don't know. What do I know? Um, it might I mean, be great. look, man, I'll it, end up seeing it. It'll I'm be sure. cool to see Looney Tunes again, you know? That's, yeah. That's yeah. honestly the best part. I mean, cool, yeah. Something original, just, new, big budget, you know? Yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike just seems so original. And I guess maybe that's harder and harder the more years go by. But um, LeBron seems like he's very smart. And yeah. he's, you know, planning all of his projects, but right. it, but it also seems like he's looking at all these other blueprints to create his versus mm, here's yeah. what I want to do. Right. So, well, maybe anyway. it'll be a different thing. You know, it might be good. Right. Right. Um, we also got a, uh, an announcement from Star Trek the other day that they, uh, have fully committed and signed on to do this, uh, this, um, Pike, uh, TV show. And right. uh, they're not calling it, you know, Pike or anything like that. It's called Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, which I think is a pretty good title. Um, and uh, I'm down I'm, for this. I'm 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 paraphrasing, but basically, in the announcement video from all the actors, they're like, "This is going to be classic Trek," and 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 they also use the words "deals with optimism." And I think, I think they're I think they're essentially telling us what we've been wondering: Are we going to get a mm-hmm. return to the storytelling format of classic Trek and right. are we going to get away from the negativity and darkness of these new shows because discovery and Picard have been so dark and yeah, negative with war. in my opinion yeah. and terrorism um, that just them saying all those words I think is a, is an acknowledgement of all of that. And why not? Even if, even if, the people behind Star Trek uh, and and the studio, you know, CBS is not uh, unhappy with these other shows. If you're going to make a bunch of shows, why not yeah. hedge your bets? Yeah. Fucking make different styles of shows. It's the world building era. I yeah. mean, this is the time to, yeah, to explore all that. And so this I'm, is why I, I haven't loved any of them, but this is why the short treks I'm in favor of. 100%. I, it's it's yeah. not that I've come away thinking these are all great. I just think the idea is good. Yeah. And roll with them. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Plus, that's all cool. The, I, I, lo- I really do love all those people. It's basically, you know, it's Anson Mount as Pike. I love. And then uh, Ethan Peck as Spock. Uh, he's doing great. He's as I think he's as right. good as any other Spock we've had. Um, and then um, 
uh, and then Rebecca Romaine as number one. Um, yeah, and she yeah. seems good too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Whereas like the discovery cast, other than Saru, we've talked about this. I don't fucking mm-hmm. like anybody in that show. Yeah. So <laughs> this yeah, one, I already I, know I that I like those three people a lot. So that's great. They're um, starting on the right foot. Did you know that, uh, uh, starting to reopen things, city walk in Florida reopened at universal studios. Um, no, but leave it to Florida. Yeah, of course. The way I guess. Well done. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for stuff to reopen, but, uh, you know, of course, whatever. of course yeah. uh, we all want to be reopened. It's yeah, just yeah. a question of, well, I mean, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what goes. happens in these other States. Um, did you see that Nick cage was, uh, officially cast as the tiger King in the upcoming yes. series? Yes. <laughs> Seems inevitable. Doesn't it? I, I don't know that that was on any, anybody. I mean, anybody, many people's kind of wish list. A lot of people had other people as, okay, this yeah. guy should play him. But uh, I guess I'm on board. He's just, you know, I was gonna, I was about to say he's a little old, but maybe not. I mean, the yeah, Joe Exotic is kind of up there, you know. So maybe it'll be something incredible. But I, I gotta say, this is one that I, I feel like I had more fun with the uh, theoretical castings, right. and I'm going to right. really want to revisit this world. You know, uh, like we yes. sat through the documentary series, and <laughs> partly because of quarantine, and partly because it just swept the nation. But right. I don't really necessarily know that I want to go back to it uh, in narrative. But like I said, I'll probably end up seeing it. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, in National Treasure news, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer has <laughs> said that in addition to the movie that they're working on with Nick Cage, uh, National Treasure 3, uh, they are uh, in development on a series, uh, <laughs> a streaming series. More world building. So he said something like, there's lots of national treasure coming your way, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, wow, what the fuck, why? Wow. Okay. Uh, anyways, right. so that's happening. Um, and <laughs> uh, and uh, Tenant is still on track to be July 17th release, so we're transitioning into They're the upcoming- They're still holding to it, huh? Upcoming stuff. I mean, you know, May, June, July. Today's May 17th, so we got two months. Um, it's only yeah. been two months since, since the California lockdown started. So uh, it stands to reason maybe we'll be yeah. there. Maybe everything yeah. will be fine. Uh, I don't really know, but um, nobody knows. But the concept of them sticking to it, uh, it this segues into you know upcoming movies are going to be really a, a battle because we all want the theaters to reopen and everything um, safely, but there won't be any movies to watch. So right. I, I kind of understand that some movies are going, we got to stick to our date because if we stick to our date – and everything works out that we can reopen, yeah. we're yeah. going to make all the money that weekend. Right. Um, not that it's all financial, but it's it's just a choice. You know, it, it might end up costing them way more money to push to, you know, another time or whatever or yeah. or lose the potential income. So so that's sticking to it. And what's weird is also I saw this trailer for a new movie called Unhinged. Did you see that trailer? Mm-hmm. It's Russell Crowe as yeah. a crazy uh uh, road rage person, but that one's right. sticking to a July 1st theater release okay. as far as I can tell. So that's even two weeks sooner. So I know, almost would see. think, I mean, who am I to strategize on this, but I almost feel like it would be the play would be to release some stuff. That's not as big as tenant to start. Right. Assuming that people are even once they open them going to take maybe a month or two where certainly right half the people may go and the other half are going to be like, I'm going to sit back and see how this works right? rather than just filling theaters immediately. I would agree. It's weird, but well, we'll see what happens, but Um, who knows? It's unprecedented. So, and, uh, and the last thing, uh, Oh, not the last thing. Um, I got a couple other upcoming things that, uh, look good. Uh, we got the trailer for Judd Apatow's King of Staten Island with, uh, 
P. Davidson. Yeah. So yeah. that's these are both VOD releases. So June twelfth, we're getting that one on VOD. I'm excited and for that. Then, did you see the trailer for Becky? No. Um, I forget some. So I think it was um, my friend Mike that mentioned this. Uh, it's a um, it's a kind of a horror thriller starring. Okay. Uh, uh, I forget the girl's name, but Kevin James as a dramatic, uh, uh, w- in a dramatic role as a Nazi, horrific Nazi guy that um, it, it's kind of a la Home Alone. It's like a home invasion and the girl's <laughs> okay. got to fight back against the bad guy and it looks very, uh, very cool. Anyways, Becky is going to be on VOD June 5th. So, okay. and you know, Kevin James has had this whole YouTube series. He's released dozens and dozens of original shorts on his YouTube channel. And if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. But um, we've talked about this. I didn't know how much I loved Kevin James until you see him in these little shorts that are one or two minutes um, because not only is his comedic timing so good, and we kind of knew that from things he's done, but um, his dramatic stuff, even though we're just getting a minute at a time, is like really good yeah and yeah. i didn't know that i wanted kevin james to be in a dramatic role but now that i see that he did do one um like this you know this becky uh i'm, I'm super excited for it there's Anyways. a lot of people whose talents are really relatively unlocked right like even if they're if they're famous for something yeah and they cash in on it and they, you know they make a career it's hard enough to have a career in any way right um whether you like them in that what they're famous for or not there's always the idea that there's a whole other side that just goes unexplored. So well, I think it's always kind of exciting. I give him credit for allowing uh, or, or to just release his own shit. You know, he's, he's writing yeah. and producing yeah, his yeah. own shit on YouTube, and uh, it's all so good. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about upcoming stuff is that uh, yesterday, maybe even last night, uh, Netflix dropped a trailer, essentially, for... Uh, a movie that's coming out called Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Have you watched that yet? No, I so not. it just came out last night, and uh, it's essentially a mini little music video um, that I've had on repeat for the last twenty four hours, basically. <laughs> um, and so, do you know what Eurovision is? Not really. Eurovision is a uh, a la uh, uh, American Idol, a, a song oh, okay. contest, a reality show in Europe that is enormous. The fact that you don't really know about it, or maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, and maybe you haven't seen it at all. Just means I'm a dumb American. No, no, <laughs> is 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 so wild to me because it is, it was the same with most people. I hadn't ever seen it. Um, Russell showed it to me a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Um, and he was just like, we gotta watch like an episode, one of the f- finale episodes because it's one of the biggest produced shows I've ever seen. It's just enormous. And it's not just a person singing on stage. They have a fully produced stage show essentially for each performance, Uh, uh, you know, as, as intense as some, like some of them are like Cirque shows, you know, they're just elaborate and intense. And some of the music, even though it's all very kind of European pop and like kind of house, type shit it's not a person up there with an acoustic guitar it's all very produced but it's so fun because so much of it is so weird that uh, <laughs> right you, you just you just get caught up in it so the point is okay. netflix knew this and they have this show that presumably is partnered with eurovision somehow but it's starring will ferrell and rachel mcadams 
and uh, and they play these maybe I don't know uh, Icelandic or whatever uh, you know nationality people that are uh, putting on this you know this performance, but who knows what the show or what the movie is really going to be about. Cause it's just like a little tease of a music video. So, right, uh, right. incredibly satisfying for those people that have seen Eurovision. Uh, okay, and cool. that just says coming soon. So check, check that out. Um, well, last little yeah. thing in the kind of the news that we yeah, yeah. move on. Uh, did you read or hear anything about Amazon potentially buying out AMC? I did. I did hear chain? that that's in the news. Uh, I didn't read whether that's a real possibility or yeah, not. Yeah. I, I don't know how far along yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. just didn't know if you'd heard that. I, I, I mean, did hear that. Yeah. Obviously, Amazon, like Disney, seemingly could take over everything. <sighs> yeah. To. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I don't want AMC to go away. Right. Uh, you know, obviously, I want theater chains to make it, but. Um, I don't know. I was kind of, I just didn't know how to feel about that. Well, it's interesting because obviously, yeah, there's the, there's the idea that, uh, we, we don't necessarily like, uh, monopolies. (laughs) These are, this is not a, this is not a good thing, but we're in a very unique situation in the world right now. And, uh, we don't want to not have that theater chain. Um, so, you know, it's just a weird movement of money and wealth that kind of seems not great, but whatever. Uh, right. you know, in, in this context and the, and the, um, the weird part is that this happened, th- there is a precedent for this in history that, you know, movie studios can't own theaters. And even right. though that's not entirely true, cause there are examples of that, um, like Disney owns the El Capitan theater in Hollywood. Right. Um, there right. are examples of this happening, but we're also not talking about an entire, like an enormous chain. Yeah. So like, it's supposed um, to be the distribute distributors different. Exactly. Yeah. The, like the Lowe's company used to be a studio that owned the Lowe's theaters. And I mm-hmm. think MGM used to own theaters and so on and so forth. But, um, it'll be interesting to see whether that gets any like, um, you know, legal pushback, but uh, whatever, I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. I, yeah. I definitely yeah, don't tuned. want AMC to go anywhere because it, even though it's not my favorite theaters, it, it, they are the ones that give us the best deal. And yeah, uh, and, it's and they the do have some good American theaters, theater yeah. chain. So you know, it's kind of it would be just a sad thing to. So many other chains, I've talked about it on the pod, but like Regal and so many other chains are just such garbage compared to AMC <laughs> right. that I yeah. really don't want AMC to go away. Um, so yeah, that all makes sense. Um, so do you want to do Rotten Tomato scores? You got anything else before we do that? No, lay them on me, man. Let's do it. This is the Tom Hardy edition because I knew we we would end up talking about him a bit. Okay. Um, so I, I do realize that you haven't seen Venom. I didn't know that before. That's okay. I can still guess. Um, But, uh, go ahead and give me Venom. Okay. Uh, critics for Venom. I'm going to say gave the movie a 78. Okay. And uh, I think audiences ended up giving it in 82. Uh, critics, 29. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was well received. Ah, uh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> this is but, maybe the biggest mess of my career. audiences, 80. Okay, so I was so 2% off you, with audiences. You knew, I mean, it was well received by audiences. I guess maybe I was um, only, yeah, responding to, oh, audiences like this, right, whereas exactly. I thought everybody wouldn't like it. But okay, so critics still hated it. 29, okay. isn't that great? And and by the way, That's I just want to say, when I was looking up these uh, movies for him, I realized, you know, he's mostly in good movies, even though he's done, yes. he's done all, yes. but it, like most of his movies are pretty widely, like I made the list and I was like, wait, these are all 80, 90% movies. I got to put yeah, in some yeah. that are shitty. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then I also want to notice that we know him. Or I, the first thing I saw him in was Nemesis. He played, uh, you know, Picard's clone, but uh, right, spoiler alert right. for Nemesis, but um, the other part of it is 
his first credits were 2001. Like the yeah, first thing uh, he ever did I was 2001. You, Band He's, of Brothers. Uh, oh, no. Well, I, I don't even, I don't know what his first credits were. I guess I'm oh. just observing that yeah. uh, he was only acting for a year before he essentially starred in that Star Trek movie. I think yeah. that's bananas. He had totally a bit bananas. part in Band of Brothers and he okay, was still right. very skinny and small. Right, and right, they right. told him not to wreck his body. It would ruin his career. And he said, <laughs> I made my career by wrecking my body. Like right. they told me not to for Bronson, right. which was a big one for yeah. him. Um, but yeah, I, I actually didn't know I had seen him other than Nemesis. Uh, and then I rewatched Band of Brothers, which That's I think is one of the all-time great series ever. And I was like, oh my God, Tom Hardy. And he's like, I'm talking like two scenes. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure, like at, sure. at an episode nine of 10. So anyway, well, give, cool. give me the next one. Uh, Dark, Knight, what, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises critics gave uh, an 80. Okay. And audiences gave... And 87. Uh, 87 critics, so you're close, and 90 audience, so you're pretty close. Okay. Um, right. I, you terrible. know, this is, I would say this is, this is uh, even though it's very cool, it's a very cool movie and I enjoy watching it, I, I don't think, I think it's the least good of the Nolan Me Batmans. Too. I don't, I don't um, think that should be that high, but that's how I remember that's it. That's actually what received. surprised me when I looked at these numbers. I was like, I thought people pretty universally thought it wasn't as good um, i'm in a whatever. small camp because batman begins is my favorite and i know it's oh, not as yeah. good objectively yeah. I, I as dark knight mean, yeah. but it's the only movie about batman that i think is great and gets to the heart of batman i think all these movies are about the villains and that's cool right, i right. like the villains but that was the one about it's batman, really about so. batman yeah that's yeah, cool exactly um warrior love this movie yeah i really dug warrior um okay critics for warrior i'm just kind of hanging in the 80s i don't that's fine. I don't want to seem like I'm just have no can. Uh, I'm just totally uh, doing the same thing. But I'll say uh, critics gave Warrior uh, an 82, and audiences gave Warrior uh, 80. Uh, so critics 83. You're only one off, uh, okay. but audiences 92. So nice. Okay, yeah. audiences liked People it better. People love that. That's a great movie. I mean, I really liked Warrior, but. I never saw this Tom, one. Tom Hardy is as badass in Warrior as anything. I know that's not yes, the, yes. the sign of a great actor, but like that's a movie where every time he's strutting around, you're just like Jesus. Yeah, it's just like a force of nature. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he is a wall. Um, I never saw this one, but I think you know I hate Zack Snyder. Uh, Sucker Punch. <laughs> he's actually in this movie, Sucker Punch. Oh, apparently. Jesus. Okay. Apparently. Uh, uh, critics for Sucker Punch gave it a 28, and audiences for Sucker Punch gave it a 32. Uh, 22 critics, so even lower, which is good. Uh, but 47 from audiences. So. That's okay. That's still know. bad. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, but that that is a, a, an op- that is the movie where I first realized Zack Snyder was not, um, you know, <laughs> good. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be mean. 300, I think, was a perfect project for Snyder, and I still think it holds up exactly what it for what it is, right? And nothing more. Um, and I think going beyond that in storytelling. Um, you know, it's just, he, he I don't fails. know where we're going. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, layer cake. Ooh. Okay. Uh, critics for layer cake. Uh, I'll say 85 and audiences for layer cake. I'll say 78. Uh, so 80 from audience or excuse me from critics, but 85 from audiences. So oh, uh, you're close, but yeah, they're a little backwards. Um, okay. I need to watch that again, by the way. I bet that's that's a really good rewatch. It'd be a uh, fun rewatch yeah, now. With yeah, Craig exactly. And where Just he's gone. the context and uh, thinking yeah. about yeah how they picked him as Bond basically right. from that movie. Um, last but not least, hopefully this doesn't color uh, anything at all. But uh, Capone, 
<laughs> uh, okay. Uh, critics. Okay, based on what you've said and yeah, critics. I'll say forty-six. Audiences fifty-two. Uh, thirty-nine critics and thirty-seven okay. audiences. Okay. Pretty low. Pretty low. Solid, solid yeah. 30s numbers. There you go. Um, and that's with hundreds of reviews at this point. So you know, if it was um, a baseball hitter, it'd be a Hall of Famer. So well done, <laughs> right. everybody. Make right, right, right. One out of three. Uh, one out of three ain't bad. So uh, let's uh, – oh, actually, so I, I, I think that's the end of my, uh, my shit before Hidden Gems. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think, oh, you know what? I, uh, I just wanted to real quickly and I'll yeah, run right through. No, no, go for it. I made this list a little while ago and I know everybody's stuck inside and we've been recommending stuff, but, uh, I made a little list of, uh, shut in flicks. Oh, excellent. If you are feeling like you want to see something that kind of reflects your reality, not everyone does, <laughs> but some people find that therapeutic. I read an article the other day saying how so many people had watched outbreak. And I yeah, think I watched it in a way <laughs> it's like listening to a sad song when you're heartbroken. I yeah, think yeah. there is a time for that. It's not just, you can't just always put, you know, uh, makeup on the clown and, and laugh through it. So uh, I made a little list of shut in flicks. I think contagion, uh, sure. is an appropriate film as dark as that may be. Obviously I mentioned outbreak before 28 days later. Cool. Yeah. I think is a, uh, is a nice one to uh, check out. I don't know if you've ever seen the original old boy. I think you saw the, actually American I never remake. saw either of them, so I should probably do that. That one kind of kind of therapeutic in a way. Um, cool. This one's a little different because it's out in the open, but Castaway I oh, think is a nice great. one to kind of yeah, revisit. We watched Groundhog Day not too long ago, <laughs> and that's did. a fantastic really one good. for sort of being not able to uh, escape. Yeah. If you want to get into sci-fi, uh, Signs, maybe revisit Signs, uh, see what that's yeah. all about. Um, I still like that movie, even though a lot of people uh, for Shyamalan now think no, they shouldn't watch anything. Um, and then uh, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you know is a little different, but a fun one. Blast from the past with the great Christopher Walken, oh, yes. uh, which I watched with Jess for the first time not long ago. Um, and finally, uh, Boy in the Plastic Bubble. <laughs> I never saw um, that. <laughs> that is my list of quarantine shut and flicks uh, for people to check out. So check them out. Uh, that is excellent. And uh, and let me uh, uh, just also say, that unrelated to that, I don't know why this came up, but I did watch all of uh, John Mulaney's stand-up specials again. I had seen them all, I think, but I just, I really highly recommend if you just need a laugh uh, and you haven't watched all his He's specials great. dating back to 2012, he, because when I wa- tried to watch Seinfeld special and I turned it off because I was like, this is just not funny and he sucks. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I need something real, uh, something better. And um John Mulaney's great, so uh, right he'll, on. He'll keep you laughing. Um, One of my friends said this movie, this Seinfeld thing, is rich people making fun of poor people. I don't know if that strikes a chord uh, with you or feels right or not. I but. only watched twenty minutes, but what I saw was <laughs> okay. that's sort of accurate. Uh, it's it's in the same vein of how Ellen is kind of problematic right now because she uh, ap- appears to not have much perspective on the situation. But I, I don't know that right. that's true. But that's what a lot of people are gathering from her. Uh, attitude and persona right now anyways uh yeah same vibe um so lastly let's talk about some gems um i'm just gonna say really quick mine is not necessarily a gem but it's one i had literally never even heard of never saw the trailer nothing and i watched it this week because i was seeing some articles online about how this was kind of a underrated and forgotten movie and it is now on netflix it's a luke Besson produced movie called lockout 
Did you ever see it? Hmm. No, I don't know that one. Um, yeah, I'd literally never heard of it, um, but it is starring Guy Pierce, who is, you know, he's kind of a B actor. He's been in some stuff that I like, obviously yeah. dating back yeah, yeah. to Magnolia. He's great, but um, what has he been in recently? But this is a 2012 uh, future sci-fi story about um, uh, basically a, a prison that is orbiting the Earth. It's in orbit. I have um, seen this. Oh, you have seen it. Okay. He's got to go up there. Right? He's got to go and, up there and save, save the president's daughter. Uh, from. <laughs> <laughs> so it is okay. It is dumb, but it is really fun. And Guy Pierce uh, is not uh, – he, he's actually kind of hilarious. He's got a really, really good um, yeah. comedic uh, performance. And uh, I just really from, enjoyed it, even though it's a kind of a low-ish budget – um, it's a it B is movie. A, it's a, it's definitely a B movie. Um, but Luke Besson, even though he's a prom- problematic p- person in entertainment, he also um, you know, kind of produces everything in house, kind of like a George yeah, Lucas. Yeah. He's got his own visual effects company and so on and so forth. So it's all it's a very small produced movie, but um, but really kind of fun, and it's got some good stuff in it. So yeah. Uh, anyways, from check it out. from what I remember, um, yeah. I, I agree with you on all counts. There. I remember it being fun. Uh, yeah. Kind of the same thing I was saying about Spencer Confidential earlier, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. kind of like, look, man, this is just an entertaining flick. Yeah. It's a good ride, uh, funny and action packed. Um, my hidden gem uh, for this week is a Kurt Russell uh, classic, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, co-starring Martin Short, and it is called Captain Ron. Oh my God! Did you ever yes, see Captain I, Ron? I love Captain Ron. My, this my is mom one of those comedies that there's no Ron. reason you would have seen it if you didn't live through it coming out. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell is a, a national treasure. <laughs> I forgot about and this Must movie. be protected uh, at all costs. <laughs> and Martin Short is one of f- like maybe five people who can literally look at the camera and I will laugh. You know, Gene Wilder's got that that little twinkle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and them together in this just insane plot. Yep. Uh, where Martin Short takes his family on a boat, basically moves to this boat to sail around the world, live a different kind of life. And they end up with captain Ron, mm-hmm. um, hijinks ensue, hilarity ensues. Uh, check it out right now. If you can, um, it is a delight and it will warm your heart. And I think we all need that right now. That is an excellent recommendation. I can't recommend that highly enough. I remember Thank you, that Kelly. from long ago. I just think that's, that's, that's the best. Um, it's a great one. I think that's everything. And I think what I'd like to end with, if it's okay with you is the song that I've had on repeat for the last 24 hours. It is a, a short version of the Eurovision song that is upcoming <laughs> in this new movie, uh, s- presumably sung by Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's part sounds like Will Ferrell, <laughs> and uh, Rachel McAdams' part is a female voice. I don't know what she sounds like, so uh, mm. it might be her, but it is uh, It is way better to uh, watch the uh, trailer. So if you haven't seen the trailer, you can go watch it, but here's the song. Uh, which is called Volcano Man. <laughs> and, All right on. Um, it's, uh, it's really fun. So to take us out, here's Volcano Man, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Woke up in 